0: Today, we have Ashwin Ballal. Ashwin lives in Chile, he's been born up in Singapore. He doesn't speak Hindi at all. Do you, you don't even understand Hindi?
1: Very, very minimal,
0: <laughs> very minimal, right? So, he's a United fan, and I saw your work regarding Kavani. He's a tactical analyst and scout. He's involved in scouting regarding a Tercera Division club, Veles. Yeah, how did that happen?
1: So, uh, I mean, it all started, I think, a pretty much a year back, so in uh, May 2020. So I decided, you know, I'm sitting at home and not really doing much in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, saw this opening on Total Football Analysis to so just come and write for them. And I thought, okay, might as well give it a shot. So I uh, sent them a message. Uh, Chris is the founder. Uh, so I sent him a mail saying you know I'm interested and he asked me to send over like a test piece and uh, etc so I sent one over he said all right I think uh, you know you could you could come on board and you know be part of our development team and you know sort of learn so I got on board and started writing and since then it was just you know learning and improving and I guess after uh, uh, I can say I guess impressing uh, Chris as well uh sort of got to be on board of the team because uh they were approached uh fortunately by velez to take up the analytical team at velez and so when chris was you know looking out for people to be part of that team i guess my name uh came up and uh, you know i put in an application as well for that and he took me in so that's how
0: it happened right so i mean there's a lot of good opportunities when you work for because i've heard a lot about total football analysis and uh, Because I think, okay, it's a good firm and you know, clubs approach, but a lot of people also go their way, they start their own blog, you know, so do you think like, that's an easy path or you should work for a firm establishment like Total Football Analysis?
1: It's, it's, it really depends on your preference. Because when you work for a firm, sometimes you have to commit saying that, uh, all right, I will deliver so many pieces, I will do this piece for you, I will cover what you need to be covered. Uh, etc. Some, some firms are like that, some firms may say, may give you full freedom, it depends. But with your own blog, sort of, there are people who've made it with their own blog, you know, there are, there are quite a few people on Twitter itself who uh, publish their work on their own. Right. And uh, that gives them sort of a more personal brand as such. And obviously if their work is good, you know, people see it, people like it, and they get their recognition and get into work. So there is no better way as such probably it, i mean a lot of it depends on luck basically who reads your work who sees your profile and it all comes basically interacting with each other on twitter but with the firm i guess your opportunity to connect with different people is more because there are more people writing there uh, as opposed to just you uh, on your personal blog so that probably is a benefit of writing for a firm
0: right because what i see from any individual who's who's done his work he mentions and in the m number of people like you know this coach yeah. this coach this coach and it's a lot of graft you know especially initially it's a lot of graft considering True. the tactical but why 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 did you thought um like 90% of the fan base or 90% of the people who watch football they're like yeah you know very simple like they want their team to win Pogba get in the box and all that but why did you yeah. went the tactical way why did you feel like you need to study the game well I guess um,
1: you know Football fans, everyone's been watching football from a very young age. You know, we, we grew up watching football, grew up supporting a team. I guess after a point, I it was a personal thing where I felt I wanted to know more about the game. You know, I like I wanted to know why, You know, as, as a United fan, right. ever since service left, I wanted <laughs> to know why we were playing badly. Yeah. It, it can't just be that a club just goes around just like that. So I wanted to know why exactly we were playing badly and I just went about learning stuff on my own. And when this opportunity came up, I thought, you know what, maybe let me try and go deeper and learn more. Mm. And I guess it, it was a stroke of good fortune that I came across that, and uh, here
0: I am today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Because again, considering what I think, if you have, if you if you if you support a club which is very well established, you don't become an analyst then, <laughs> because there's no yeah. issues. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, obviously, United <laughs> is an established club, obviously, but considering what's happening here and we'll go to United, yeah. obviously, what's happening there. But yeah, talk to me more about your your work regarding Velez what the demand of you, how much often and what do you uh, give them, basically?
1: So with Velez basically, I'm a senior scout. So how, how Velez works is that there will be Chris, who is the head of analysis. Then we have uh, Mario who uh, is a chief scout. So basically everyone has the, to report to him. He's the head of the scouting department. And there are uh, senior scouts for each position. So I am in charge of the goalkeeper position. Oh, and okay. there are others who are in charge of defenders, midfielders and forwards. So for the goalkeeper position, uh, it depends. While if there is a demand for the position, then there would be, uh, I would probably have like two or three scouts working under me. And if there's okay. no demand, it's something that I could handle on my own. So the, basically, the junior scouts work and they have these certain leagues to cover. And once they cover that, they have their reports every month and they hand that over. So how, how those reporting structure work is that in the middle of the month, uh, sort of in the middle of the month, so they basically go through the checklist and say they have five players that they feel could possibly fit the profile that we have. Hmm. and they'll pass that on to the senior scout. The senior scout will check. So sometimes maybe out of the five, only three or four or maybe best case, you know, five work. And uh, we'll just give like a sort of approval for them to continue scouting that player. If it's completely wrong, we'll say, listen, it's, it's uh, wrong or try moving on to a different set. And uh, we'll also be doing our scouting on the site and uh, right. they'll be they'll you know finish scouting those players finish complete reports on them and send them over again and once that's done we'll again just give it a check to see maybe in the initial scouting they look good later on they might look bad mm. stuff like that once that's done we just compile a complete report and send it over to mario and uh, you know from then on it's uh, out of our hands
0: yeah and how does the report look like like uh, how deep do you go or do you because i think what as for example if i'm looking at a report i'd want it to be very concise and simple plus obviously Mm -hmm. very good information you know valuable things yeah so how do you work about that
1: so our reports they they don't have much of images and uh, clear images and stuff like that it's mainly just full words we look to cover suppose if for our goalkeeper say manuel Neuer is our uh, you know profile hmm. so yeah. we want a keeper who can come out use his feet pass the ball so that's the profile that we're looking for so then in our report we are looking to see whether the goalkeeper is good on the ball so you know we talk about his passing talk about whether he receives well whether he's good under pressure uh, and then get on to the other technical stuff of a keeper is he good at coming out of his line for a 1 versus 1 is he good right. at diving is his reflexes good So, it aims to cover all that as well as we look to cover, you know, some of the more physical aspects, you know, is the goalkeeper tall, is he short, is he he big, is he small, all these tiny aspects that might play a role as well as, you know, a mentality, say, uh, you know, if he lets in a goal and he starts blaming his defenders, that may not be the keeper that we want. If he lets in the goal and he just, he's very, you know, Takes it upon himself, wants to improve. That might be something that's good.
0: And how do you, how do you mention that the mentality aspect in the report?
1: So just, just saying, maybe suppose um after reacting to a goal, uh, so and so goalkeeper was was not too bad. That his uh, teammates there's no metric for that,
0: right? There's no metric for that. There's no
1: metric. There's no yeah. metric for it. Just about you know whether you notice something. I guess it's right. easier with outfield players. You know probably uh, if if there's a bad attitude, you'd be very e- easy to see. You know rush exactly. at the referee, yell at the referee, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think are you happy with the goalkeeping section? Because I mean, obviously, initially we all start with the outfield players and we you know study their patterns and all. So how did you react? Yeah. Uh, do you feel like it's the you know you it's a ladder proper? You you're gonna you're gonna work your way up basically.
1: No, I think uh, uh, even, I mean, obviously when I got into it, even I thought there wasn't much with the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. but I think a goalkeeper is one of the toughest positions to scout for because there are so many factors that you need to account for. If, an, if you're an outfield player and you take a bad shot, that is based on you. But if you're a goalkeeper and you're saving, the the area where the forward shoots or any deflection that also plays such a big role in your ability to save a ball and it's very it's very difficult to pick up because as a goalkeeper it's very instinctive you see the ball you move towards it you try to reach it so you need to judge that ability and i guess uh, i've been able to develop that and um, I, i i personally like the challenge of scouting a goalkeeper because it's, it's very easy from the outside to say, yeah, scouting a goalkeeper, the goalkeeper is mm. going to be the same, They're going to be doing the same things. Like outfield players, maybe a winger in one system may do different work from another system. As a goalkeeper, you're going to need to save the ball and you're going to need to pass and play. But the way you do that, the level to which you do that differs so greatly between any two goalkeepers that I think it's it's very interesting and very fun on my part to be scouting that.
0: Right. And can you name me some goalkeepers you've studied, you know, regarding the reports? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not really allowed to because the. Oh, again, okay. that, uh, yeah. is with... Yeah, I mean, right? but yeah, the basic question I'll come to is like, you watch, I think, low league games, right? And Yeah, well, much lower league games. Definitely. Yeah. And I think the one thing because I've been doing uh, that in Delhi, the capital, and, you know, I've, I've been uh, observing women's games and the one problem is the camera angle. It's not as yeah. wide as, you know, you see in European games and, you know, even... Yeah even especially when you're a manager and you like you've got the pitch side view that's completely different it's a completely different ball game but how do you you know cope with that camera angle those narrow angles and then to you know form a judgment basically
1: so uh, how how i go about it and i think how most other scouts that i know go about it as well is when we start because all we do is on video you know we are not there mm-hmm. on foot so we mostly focus on the you know when you look at uh wise scout and instat and all these data providers and footage providers you are allowed to watch the players actions alone so right. in that case maybe from the past three or past five games you watch just the players action so you see the player in your camera all the time and you know you you just focus fully on them right. after that yes it becomes very tricky you know if you're watching full matches the camera angle is is never that great uh, mm-hmm. You know, if it's good then you're very lucky and scouting a goalkeeper is all the more difficult because they're almost always out of the frame so only when the ball moves a bit back so in that case you know, I'm just always trying to keep an eye whenever the goalkeeper comes in frame even if it's just a hand in mm-hmm. the frame yeah. just to see, see what he's doing if he's communicating with his defence how is he reacting, is he asking for the ball is he making himself like a passing option right. and uh, I guess I guess uh, uh, easy ways. If if he's in the camera angle more, then I know that his positioning is higher up. So, that that's also a thing.
0: So, I think if I'm a goalkeeper who plays in the 3rd or 4th division, let's say, and I'm seeing a proper team formed to scout me, do you think they're aware of that, the goalkeepers, if that's happening with them or not?
1: With, see, with the normal traditional scouting, I think most players become aware because they see a physical scout there. With okay. video scouting, I i don't really think so because the whole point of it is that it's all remote. So only once, maybe if the player is good enough and you want to get into negotiations, then the player might know saying, alright, I've been scouted. But there are also times where agents propose players and send the footage to players. So sometimes, you know, they might know that, alright, if I, I need to, my contract is coming to an end at this club. I need to impress for another club and that affects their performance and that footage is being watched by us.
0: Right. And talking about metrics, what sort of, I mean, obviously you work on goalkeeping position, which I think if I'm observing a goalkeeper, then I think I don't need to watch the whole play, like the most of the games, you know, and you've watched certain aspects which could be, again, which is comparatively easier in terms of, because obviously when you understand the whole game, you or like for example even if you look for a defender like, you know you get more of him more touches you know more availability yeah but for a goalkeeper I know I'm not saying the job is not easy um, obviously yeah. it's, it's not easy but I think yeah considering that there's a bit less like he's in less less spot, spotlight basically yeah. but yeah talking more about metrics um, because you also I think watch outfield players and apart from that firstly how much yeah. how much time did, uh, does it take to you know how much time do they demand of you Velez? Um, it
1: it's basically down to about an hour a day. So if you can watch okay. an hour a day, then you could, should be able to get through easily a fair amount of players mm-hmm. for the month. You know, uh, at least you should be able to get through like about twenty players in a month if right. uh, you know you take an hour a day. So that's basically how it uh, works. That's uh, there's no set demand as such, but probably okay. a good benchmark to keep hitting every month is mm-hmm. an hour a day
0: yeah and you also p- published articles for total football analysis even now yeah yeah, yeah. so have you worked on a little latest piece
1: uh my latest uh, piece as in our uh, latest piece was for their magazine so it was like a full preview for the euros and stuff, yeah yeah, yeah I, I saw did. i saw that yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: hmm. so i did a preview on netherlands and wales so that was that was interesting because whenever a big tournament comes up you know we hmm. always look to get uh, involved So, it's very interesting to go into national sides as opposed to club sides because club sides always have a very fixed style of playing, you know, and you get to watch more of it. National side is is very different because a side might be playing in a certain formation for the qualifying stages, come to the big tournament, they suddenly become a very defensive side because it's a knockout tournament and the whole tactics change. Exactly. So it was a very uh, difficult, uh, not difficult, but an interesting, uh, you know, piece to write. For did you watch?
0: From... Uh, did you watch Spain versus Portugal uh, just an hour ago? No, I, I, I actually was working during that time, so I didn't see it. Okay, I mean, to, yeah, I I'll you know, it. I'll compliment the line you said by the by the example because we talk about Guerrero and Cancelo being those yeah. attacking fullbacks and you know tucking inside and all. But when you, when you go to Portugal, the scene is completely different. Like, Fernando Santos is a conservative manager and you don't see them yeah. bombing that much forward. Which just says, exactly. yeah, which just says, like, we can, you know, sort of um, rely on these fullbacks and what they do in European clubs. But considering yeah. what happens in the national team, the tactics, the demand of the game, it's completely different. But yeah, coming to the exactly. metrics. Uh, the, the source is basically uh, FBREF, Scout, INSTAT. Uh, uh, is there anything? Or do you try to be yeah. more com- complicated regarding that?
1: no it's it's basically i think with metrics there is there is so much scope to complicate things that mm. it's it's better that you keep things simple so you know you look at fps Y scout in you get the metrics and sometimes you know there there are certain metrics which people don't understand also like right. uh, you know there are a lot of metrics like deep completions and stuff like that which mm once you learn about it you understand what it means but from the outside you honestly don't really understand and to people it might not even matter so uh, in terms of metrics talking about my position first so as Mm. a goalkeeper of course it's very difficult because it's very easy to look at save percentage as a very uh, easy metric but then again if you face lesser shots and save more your save percentage is higher and if you Mm. face more shots uh, uh, then again it's like that same way, you can look at you know uh, your expected goals against and the number mm. of goals you've actually conceded. Right. You uh, to look at how often the goalkeeper leaves his lane. Uh, you know, there are goalkeeper exits. Is there any is, there any is there any metric for that? Yeah, it's called uh, exits per ninety.
0: Oh, right. I didn't knew
1: that. Yes. Wow. Achha. So uh, you see how often they leave the line be it hmm. to engage in a one versus one, not to come. Leave their in line. The box. I mean,
0: leave the uh, their box
1: the area basically the, the just their goalkeeper line so suppose yeah. they're coming out to collect a cross or something like that okay yeah uh, that will get added to the metric and obviously yeah. with outfield players you know with uh defenders your defensive duels and uh, mm. those kind of metrics become important your aerial duels right. uh, things like that you know, for your wingers probably your dribbles uh how many take-ons you complete your offensive duels your shots mm shots on target your conversion rate those kind of metrics become very important i
0: think one thing which is very important is visual illustrations and the graphs and all which i have no idea how do you do that like i mean obviously we know that we can compare data but how do you put that in a graph
1: so uh, i think i started getting into visualizations just seeing how you know people on twitter were putting out stuff and i started uh, with tableau at first what's so, that um Tableau is like a it's actually a business intelligence tool but it okay. basically helps you create visualizations and graphs and I found it to be very user friendly so okay. you know I just uh, downloaded it based on someone uh, telling me about it mm-hmm. and uh, you know you get data on spdf and Cloud and stuff you load connected to the data and you just start creating different sorts of visualizations sure. and stuff like that so I think it came more from me wanting to that data in a visualization form. So I, I I didn't want to have to read each line of data exactly. and find things. So I once I had Tableau and I was figuring out how to learn it. First, obviously, you know, you go to bar graphs and then you go, move on to your scatter plots and stuff like that.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, that's that's basically how I I try to do things now. Even for Wells, when I try to you know compile uh, reports or to learn about a player, I'll get their data and then put it into these different graphs and then see how the player is performing as right. opposed to you know, try to
0: read just read the data exactly uh, what that's a very boring question but what's your most go-to metric i'm talking about outfield players uh it it really depends uh mm. personally
1: i like uh uh, suppose if I'm looking at a defensive midfielder, hmm. personally, I like to look at you know uh, possession adjusted uh, interceptions and okay. uh, pass and some of the passing metrics as well. That that's like a pro- personal preference because I like you know defensive midfielders who can go and intercept passes and also be good at once they get the ball. Something like mm-hmm. a Pogba, basically. Obviously, Pogba's defensive side is a bit is a bit iffy at times. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I like to look for first, just as a personal preference. But obviously, if when it comes to you know, scouting for the club, then it really depends on what they want to look for. Maybe they as a they want their central midfielder to go up front and shoot and stuff like that. So then you have to look more at those metrics.
0: There's certain metrics which are so I mean so monotonous. You feel like okay, XG. Everybody's talking about XG. The Bundesliga is officially using XG. Like they're showing that. So initially, yeah. maybe let's say three or four years ago, it would have been something new, but now it's so common. Even the media companies are like off officially using that; they got access to that. So yeah. again, yeah. Uh, do you, do you get a bit? Do you feel like I can't judge a player only by metrics, by by yeah. show? Yeah, I mean obviously. But uh, for example, when you're preparing a report, how do you try to combine your own what you saw from your eyes basically, and to you know complement that with metrics? Because That's I think the, the most important thing. Sorry to continue. Sorry to cut you off. The most no, important no thing problem. is to 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 for that to be not boring and for it to be yeah. also interesting for the reader yeah
1: Yeah. so like you mentioned xg the the see i'm not against xg It mm. it's very useful in the sense that if you try to look at it over a large period of time you will you will gain some good info on like if you know whether you're forward is taking shots which are good quality as in they're having good chances or they're having poor chances Right. the problem with XG now is it's become so common that people decide to use it just for a single shot or a couple of shots when it doesn't mm. really show anything so right. you know uh, it, it's better for to be used in the long run and that's where this whole thing about you know whether the metrics are the best way forward comes about because definitely metrics they show you a lot of things which you may not have noticed uh, but just by watching the player and they give a concrete value because right. you may say a player is good at passing. With the metrics you know how good they are at passing and um, that's where the challenge comes in you know merging them into a report because what I do is obviously I see the data and I see the footage and obviously if a data is standing out I try to see look for it in the footage. Suppose mm. uh, a midfielder's passing percentage is very low. Like, uh, it's it's very common for, you know, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandes to have quite low, uh, you know, passing accuracy, right? but that doesn't necessarily make them bad midfielders. It's just that they're trying to attempt outrageous passes all the time that, you exactly. know, they become, uh, you know, unsuccessful. So if, if there's a very huge anomaly in some of the data, I try to look out for that and say, how is that happening? At the same time if while i'm watching the footage i see that the player you know has, does something well like i said suppose i find that they're intercepting a lot of passes then i'll look over at the data and i'll see mm. okay actually the value is high so when making the report i'll say so suppose if i'm looking at De Bruyne or uh, bruno fernandez i'll say uh, yeah their passing accuracy is low but that's because you know they're trying such and such passes right. or uh, uh, this player is making so many interceptions and that is backed by this value which is probably one of the highest in the league and uh, so that's how you try to sort of give meaning
0: to the metrics
1: by watching the footage
0: so you first go to think is metrics and you try to find that in the pitch it uh see I would like
1: to go to the metrics first but uh, obviously uh, it depends because with metrics you are able to shortlist in the sense that mm-hmm. sometimes you may have hundred players you can't see all the hundred players. So metrics provides a sort of shortlist in that sense, and uh, or probably helps you compare to whichever player you want. You know there are so many tools which helps you compare players nowadays using data. Right. And uh, once you do that, it brings down the shortlist. So in that case, I go to metrics first then I'll see the footage and again if there's something interesting I'll just go back to the metrics to see if it's backed up or if there's something wrong completely
0: right and I mean obviously talking about we were talking about metrics and I think I have to jump to the I saw the final Villarreal was United and it was the same old thing it was it was it was again you You would question again are united good with the ball in terms of breaking down an opposition yeah. and i think one thing which was completely missing in that game was Maguire. his balls is we can question yeah, him yeah. obviously we can question certain mistakes and individual things he does but with the ball he's maybe the most he's the guy who puts the mole ball, most balls in the final third and all so he's that progressive yeah. defend all which obviously was missing and you saw una emery being pragmatist so considering again because let's say obviously you'd want to work for United and obviously you yeah. want to be a scout there what can you do which mistake would you single-handedly point like this is the mistake and this is what I do to improve
1: from from that specific uh game uh, I I guess like you said Maguire missing was a huge uh you know uh, right cap. it just not not even for his on-field performance but just for the whole uh, you know club captain thing as well but there was i think uh, emery was very smart in that he knew that uh, you know united were going to play into his hands because united mm. struggled to break down a low block and that's what he wanted his uh, you know side to do he wanted them to stay compact exactly. and just remove all the spaces he, and and the most you know, interesting
0: inclusion was juan foyle like he played in the right back yeah. position usually exactly. mario gaspar plays there and he's a club legend exactly. but he uh, played him and he was marking rashford th- throughout the game yeah. and he was like you know because I think the one thing which I knew from the get-go and we obviously we saw the 2016 you know, Europa League final United versus Ajax and when Mourinho said a very famous line like poets don't win many titles yeah. and humble pragmatism is important and all and he played Fellaini in that game uh, for the second balls and they had th- 39 yeah. goals in possession and I think if Mourinho would have been the manager then they might have because he would have not opened up with and I mean, if you understand it now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and Villarreal, they just didn't open up because I think what they showcased against Arsenal, especially in the first league, because they were a proper possession-based team, and Unai yeah. Emery is that manager, and again, in, this, in that game, it was completely contrary, and same happened mostly in the Chelsea versus City game, you know, Chelsea yeah. did the same, you know, and again, what do you prefer? It's a very general question. What do you prefer? Pragmatism? or uh, you know a I team mean, trying to be a poet or creative and all obviously it depends on the players but yeah
1: exactly see it's it's very hard to choose but obviously when it comes I, to I mean I'm I'm talking
0: about united's perspective what's context made. yeah
1: yeah from united's perspective i think you know under under uh, say Mourinho, we tried to be that sort of team that mm. you know could sit back and hit on the counter be direct and it didn't work. It was difficult to watch because because of the quality in the United side. You know, you have players like Pogba, you have players like Rashford and they weren't really allowed to express themselves. So, I guess from a fan point of view, it was becoming difficult. Of course, we won the Europa League uh, final, mm. there was success and uh, all that. But in at the end of the day, he, he left because, I mean, he was uh, sacked because there just wasn't a concrete our good enough style of play that didn't seem appealing to the fans and i still think united probably should have still won this europa league final obviously emery was smart in that he, he yeah. didn't let any space for rashford bruno and uh, you know pogba to really work in but there were there were also fundamental mistakes in united's side in the fact that there was virtually nobody in the middle of the pitch you know i think bruno was Way too high up the pitch. Right, Pogba was dropping deeper, and it it helped Villarreal because they weren't being stretched. You know, there was so much of uh, space that they didn't need to bother about, and they were just happy closing off all the passing lines and stuff like that. So it was more of, and with the pressure, United still managed to create chances. It's not like they didn't create chances. I yeah. think um, uh, Cavani's goal, of course, was scrappy. You know, it was the deflection mm-hmm. and landed his score. But right after that, also there were good chances being created which they just couldn't take. And obviously, you know, even in once it went to extra time, it was just evident that the game was headed to penalties. Yeah. So it was either one that should have been decided in within ninety minutes, but I guess uh, it wasn't. And it was more of Emery smartly exposing United's issues in the fact that he knew United a week from set pieces. Yeah. So you know they were they were winning so many fouls in United's half and just putting mm. the ball in. And without Maguire as well, there was just so much pressure on the defense.
0: Right.
1: So it, it could have been avoided. Definitely could have been avoided because I think uh, Villarreal scored off their only shot on target. If I'm not mm, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you know they managed to win the win a final. So mm. definitely, not not to say that Villarreal didn't deserve the win. In all honesty, I feel they did for the way that Emery approached the final. But there were so many mistakes which United consistently made that. You know led to them not being able to uh you know bring back the trophy
0: yeah i mean you talked about uh, not having many midfielders or especially in the middle of the park for the great because yeah. Bruno was pushing high and he was engaging their backline. but again, would you bring a donny van de beek do you think he could be the guy or uh, do you think it's like there's no like not not enough players there in terms of that creative I, quality um,
1: i i wanted donny van de beek on actually at one point just because of his ability to move i think one thing which has uh, not yet been seen by a majority of the United fan base is just uh, you know Donny's ability to keep moving around the pitch. Uh, mm. It was something he was really good at at Ajax, and it worked in that system. It hasn't set in yet here at United. I still think you know he probably could have a decent or right. good future at the club, uh, as long because we've seen with Cavani's movement how important he's become to the team. And I feel Donny's movement could have certainly been useful in just moving a few Villarreal players out of position, creating mm. some extra space. But I guess you know, obviously Ole wanted to trust the best players on the pitch and uh, didn't substitutions. But definitely, probably could have been done.
0: Is Ole the man? Do you think Ole is Uh the man? You know, that's the whole question because definitely he's. He's not as good as managers Emerys or Tuchel is or Guardiola is definitely. Yeah. And what he's done is obviously is incredible. What he's done with the squad in terms of Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford, Greenwood, you know, you can Scott McDominay. I know he's a very good man manager. Let's say you know one v one coaching, yeah. he could be very good in that. But in terms of studying a game and making decisions in a game, and again we can question. I think obviously I'm you know you'll agree with me. I know you'll agree agree, agree yeah. with me. But again you talk about how do you think the board can provide Ole with or do you think Ole can, what, especially in that game, of, okay, let's say he would have brought in Donny van der Beek, but what I see is like, he would have also done what Bruno was doing, you know, engaging the back line mm. and could have played yeah. in the hands of uh, Villarreal mostly, do you think Pogba needed to take more responsibility in terms of more, because he was switching balls a lot and he was sort yeah. of going very complicated mostly, do you think for for that, you know, it's it's about that that Cavani run, that thing which happened against yeah that you know that glimpse of moment which happens and then you break the line that didn't happen how do you break them because that's, that's also very tough because they were so compact compact Villarreal we say yeah.
1: so i mean first of all there were questions in that Villarreal knew that united attacked mainly down their left side so mm. you know uh, they they were practically begging for united to pass the ball to one Bissaka because he's not as strong on the ball right and obviously this this probably could have been something that was exploited because there was space down the right and uh, maybe you know greenwood could have moved there with uh, pogba like you said it it's a bit uh, different because pogba was playing as a left winger for you know uh, towards the end of the season mm. and for the final he was shifted back into the midfielder role so you're again asking him to play a complete a uh, sort of it's not a new role for him but Again, it's been a role that hasn't consistently worked for him at United. He's right. been excellent in some games there. He's not been good some games there. Mm. So it, it was a bit difficult because United's main uh, you know midfield too has been Fred and McTominay, and while they've also not been you know world class, mm. you think that for a finals you'll probably go for those two players who are used to playing there. But then yeah. you'll have to drop either Pogba or Rashford or Greenwood and it becomes mm. a complete mess. So, it, I, I actually agreed with the lineup. It showed that we wanted to, you know, go forward and attack and attack and attack. Yeah. But it also showed that, you know, obviously Pogba hadn't been playing there a lot. And like I said, when Bruno went up and Pogba came deep, it, the side just didn't look set in that phase mm. of the game. And right you asked if ole is the man uh i i i think so you know when ole came in in fact i didn't believe he was the man because mm. he, obviously we went on that whole honeymoon run you know winning so right but right after he signed there was a dip in form and i so i somehow wasn't convinced by the fact of i mean during his honeymoon run obviously it was good being a fan you know seeing united just winning 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 But it didn't seem convincing at the start because at that point in time, we didn't know much about Ole's man management skills as well. You know, those Mm. started coming on uh, later on. And we didn't know how exactly the club was going to go forward. And, uh, you know, we reached four semifinals last season, didn't manage to get past any which uh, was I mean was it was obviously- basically
0: penalties you know it could've, anything could have happened obviously yeah. and but yeah so, I mean <laughs> I'm so sorry for the man always he gets questioned all the time
1: definitely like, he is the
0: one on the spot right? especially after 2017 2018 uh, the, when the World Cup happened everything has been going yeah. downhill for him
1: he's, yeah he's not been the same since then definitely I mean it goalkeeping is a lot about confidence and I think that's where that that's where I like Ole in the sense that this season you you would have expected United to have come out with a firm number one at the end of the season. You know, either right. you tell Dean Henderson saying you're going to be number one,
0: mm. or
1: you tell De Gea saying we still believe in you. You're a number one. Yeah. But somehow at the end of the season, we're still not sure who's going to be the number one. And uh, obviously, while that's down to good and bad performances from both keepers, mm. it still speaks of the man management in that you know, Ole was so definitely so, so good at just. Seamlessly changing, you know, the goalkeepers around. Suddenly, Dean became the number one for a period of time. Definitely. With no media outrage or anything. Mm. So, you know, uh, I, I still think it's more, more than Ole, I feel like it's a tactical team at United. You know, you look at Ole, you look at Carrick and you look at McPheelan, you look at McKenna and that whole team it feels more like a perfect setup as opposed to just ole obviously when the blame comes on it's only on ole because he's the manager mm. but i think honestly and there were reports about it as well that ole handles this whole man management side and obviously knows how he wants the side to play i think he's he's very good he has a good knowledge about football but he leaves the more you know intricate tactical things to the likes of Carrick and stuff like that and I think this, this group of them are all learning together. You know, obviously mm. Carrick you can't ask Carrick to manage a whole team tactically just as of here. At the same time, you know, you can't Olay's also just picking up, you know, he made such a huge jump coming to United. Right. So, I honestly feel there is there has been significant progress because United haven't looked this good a side since, uh, you know, uh, Ferguson retired. Yeah. In the sense that we haven't looked to be having squad that can challenge. Mm. And, uh, you know, our recruitment has been decent as well. Oh, it's been improving for sure. Unruly. Right. Definitely, you know, going forward, I I you know I see fans saying, "Oh, Ole can't win a final against a, a side place seventh in La Liga." Mm.
0: But
1: you know, technically, you were outclassed in the final, and right. you don't deserve to win when you get outclassed. So, obviously, you know, this this next season is going to be important for Ole because you can talk about progress, but at Man United, you need to win trophies. So, exactly. if they're going to win a trophy in this coming season, it'll be massive. If not, they'll have to show quite a lot of progress, maybe, you know, you know hmm. an actual full-on title charge to really show that United are in it and Ole is in it.
0: Yeah, I remember when uh, they played Bournemouth uh, the previous season and he yeah. uh, had a conversation with Ake, Nathan Ake, like a left foot <laughs> centre-back and, you know, that's what maybe he wants. He wants a defender, you know, who opens the pitch and he wants that. I think yeah. it starts from the back line, the ball progression exactly And again, you obviously, Maguire was missing that game and even when Maguire plays, like, it, it's not like everything's opening up. It's not like everything's great. Yeah. Even then, also there's a lot of questions regarding the build-up in general. Again, I think it's about the recruitment. I think for Ole, it's about giving him the right players, and I think he's done
1: yeah.
0: considerably very well uh, developing the place he's got at this very moment. Yeah. And I think one one boring question, which again always pops out of United, is there's only Bruno. There's only Bruno who's plugging that yeah. trigger. Cavani, connecting the dots, basically. So, as a manager, obviously, you'll be a bit, bit lessly or, or least, least credited regarding what you're doing tactically. There's only Bruno there, right? And, yeah. again, I think that's why people also misjudge Ole or even the whole staff like you talk about. It's, it's a proper wolf pack, basically. But, you know what? I'll, I'll drift away from the topic and I'll come to end the conversation, mostly, the international football. What's happening? You're working on Netherlands, You Wales. Firstly, I've yeah. watched, I, I watched the first half. The Netherlands team, obviously, and against Ireland or uh, Scotland, sorry. And again, yeah. I I don't know what what's wrong with Frank de Boer. I don't know, I mean, it just is the same narrative all the time again. Because what Ronald Koeman done yeah. has done is completely vanished. And again, Van yeah. Dijk is not there. And I'm really happy to see Vegos and Depay is obviously maybe joining Barcelona, which is an immense pair, obviously, what yeah. he showed. But again, talking about Netherlands, considering a team which has a lot of still those roots of. You can't eliminate the what, total football from Netherlands. You can't. I mean, obviously, exactly. this generation is completely different. But yeah, how, how did you find Netherlands going to the Euros? Because I'm excited by that team. Uh,
1: I mean, to be to be honest, it's I, I've been a Netherlands fan since the 2010 World Cup. Actually, okay, so no, interesting. Uh, when I not not after they got to the finals, but that was like the first World Cup that I was properly able to watch, hmm. and you know, I I I really like that Netherlands squad. And since then, obviously, it's been up and down. You know, they, we failed to qualify, and uh, you know, now we are back. But with when Ronald Koeman was there, and we managed to, you know, qualify, I was really excited. I was like, oh, mm. you know, what we're coming for the Euros. We, right. Going because the squad just looked so. You you see the quality in the squad. I mean, you you see Virgil van Dijk. Oh, okay, even he's missing, but you still have you know Ligt, You still have your know, Frankie De Jong, You still have Depay. You still have Wegsos now. Right, you you all the quality is there in the squad, but with Frank de it is it's it's very uh, difficult mm. to be optimistic because it, they, the style of play doesn't seem to you know really dominate as the Netherlands should be with such a team, you know, with the quality that you have on the ball you're trying to, you know, go out and trying to cross the ball into the box rather than, you know, work your way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, which which probably feels like it's not the best way to go forward. You know, with Frank Debo's record at Ajax was excellent. You know, he, he was winning multiple titles there. Right. But since then, he's been poor at Crystal Palace. And, uh, you know, he, he's just not had a good run. Mm-hmm. And suddenly trusting him with his job heading into the Euros, personally for me, I, I'm not a fan of it i I still think you know Netherlands should should you know fingers crossed cross mm. the group stage because mm. you look at the golf and quality they should be able to cross it. Right. But it becomes a very very difficult tournament for them after that because suppose even if they win, their chances of playing I think France Germany or Portugal is is exactly. pretty high. Exactly. So it's it's uh, uh, you know I I I will be afraid to look at that game to be honest. Yeah. So, mm. But you know, they, obviously, you never know. Some some days, you know, just your quality might come through. And something Definitely. may click. So that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm honestly hopeful that at least for the World Cup, there's a different manager, you know. Yeah. Uh, somehow. Who's uh, the one? Just, um,
0: is any Dutch manager? I think, yeah, Eric Hag. No, he's not Dutch. Is he Dutch? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe he is. Think, okay. like, yeah, his middle yeah, name I is think, 10. Yeah, I think maybe he's... Yeah, yeah. yeah, Eric Tanah is there, yeah.
1: so, uh, Eric Which could be something
0: there. interesting. But I mean, I don't know, I, I honestly was... I
1: honestly was seriously hoping... Suppose Koeman ended at Barcelona this season. I was mm-hmm. honestly just hoping he just gets back to the Netherlands and gets given right. that a job.
0: Yeah. So, what what uh, What's uh, Goose hidden doing? Like, he's always the one to pop up out of nowhere.
1: True. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't mind wouldn't mind him popping out yeah. of nowhere this time. But... but uh, I mean, you never know, uh, I guess, if somehow, if Frank De Boer goes far in this mm. tournament, then he's going to be back, definitely. So, right. it really depends on this tournament, uh, hoping hoping for, you know,
0: Netherlands sake that something happens. Right. Now, changing the conversation a completely different direction. You watch a game, do you watch it in one go? Do you have a diary next to you, uh, notes, to keeping notes, uh, a tactical board next to you, or do you wait, like you enjoy the game and then you watch it again?
1: I I watch the game actually so I just I don't uh, the thing is when I watch the game for the first time if I'm having a notebook or as such hmm. I sort of don't know what comes next so I might write something down and later on I'll be like okay actually no it's not that it's this so I watch the game and I just keep an eye out for stuff. so I sort of just see how the teams are shaping up you know on and off the ball who where they're passing to where they're looking to attack from Mm. Uh, uh things like that and obviously you'll have key moments sort of stuck in your head and right. the next time i'll rewatch the game in about like two or three times speed so okay. then you know all the shapes and stuff becomes a bit more visible because you constantly see the team moving in that right. and at that point in time i rather than writing them down whatever i make a note of i'll start taking like screenshots of mm, and i'll same. keep them right so once once that's done you know it becomes easier as well in the process because even you're trying to show uh mm. certain images so i'll just be having this load of images and at the end i just sort of pick out which one's best describe it, and i you're start
0: started right. i think it. the one yeah. thing which is very important is preparation for example like even the i, I was watching this Spain portugal game and before that like an hour NR later before the lineup came and i was working on the tactical board who basically like very basic yeah. And I think that uh, enables you to, you know, examine how the patterns will go. And then it's a bit easy because you you s- sort of know what's going to happen considering the traits of the players yeah. and considering you've watched the previous games. And I think that's very important. The preparation is very important. If you if you watch a game without any preparation, I find it very difficult. Because obviously, you can, uh, you know, examine the lineup and certain patterns, but yeah. it, it gets a bit complicated. Especially when you, like, for example, if you examine a team which is Tercera division, you don't know the players, their numbers all the time. Yeah. for big games obviously you can which is obviously yeah but i'm really intrigued i learned a lot regarding this conversation uh ashwin obviously what you're doing is uh, really good i mean obviously tercera yeah. division spain do you have any uh, if there's no pandemic do you get any possibility of being there or you know working there as a scout visibly
1: not not really because mm-hmm. uh it's it's you know uh the whole setup is for uh remote scouting right but of course once the pandemic lifted would we'll just be good to go you know just get a feel of at least watching the side we mm. managed to get promotion as well now so yeah now i read we'll that be, yeah so mm. you know that's that's also a really huge bonus so obviously the work starts to you know get us and stay in that division mm. So
0: are you interested in coaching are you interested in coaching
1: um not not as of yet obviously you know knowing the different tactics and stuff but it's coaching is, is a whole different ball right. game. I mean, you know, managers who know their tactics, but cannot implement them. At the same time, you know, managers who aren't really as good with their tactics, but get their team to function. So it's, it's a mm. whole different ball game, which I've not, you know, uh, gone into yet. I think you know, I, I'm still uh, young enough to mm. uh, a lot, lot of time ahead to even later on if I want to try it out. So right. not as of yet
0: now best of luck for your work and i hope we thanks keep in touch love. i'll be reading your stuff yes, it's yes. very informational obviously and again yes, I, I hope united also do very well <laughs> that's very important. <laughs> even netherlands obviously in the euros
1: yeah yes hopefully. it was nice having you thanks a lot thanks a lot for having you in the call
0: yeah